You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Exhale, Yankee fans, but then inhale again. Welcome to a Monday Game 5 preview edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. Why are we here? Why are we here? Why are we here? It was all ahead of the Yankees. They took game one of this series. We were sort of rolling. Uh, they only scored four runs, but, you know, what are you going to do? Got one more home game, Thursday night game, prime time. Go to Cleveland Saturday, Sunday. No pressure. Just take one of those. Take the home game. No. Rain out. We spend 48 hours convincing ourselves the rain out won't matter. Then when the game starts, it's immediately obvious it has screwed the Yankees and it matters. Uh, they go up 2 nothing in the first, never score again load the bases on some walks, don't get a hit. Josh Donaldson comes like an inch away from dropping one in the left field for a two-run single. Doesn't. They can't score. They can't score. The Guardians have two bloops uh, in the nine, in the 10th inning off Jameson Tyone. Not a closer. It's in a 2-2 game, making his first relief appearance in forever. Uh, the Guardians win. Go to Cleveland on Saturday. I mean, I didn't think the Yankees were going to beat Tristan McKenzie. They beat up Tristan McKenzie. They hand a lead to the bullpen, but not the right guy in the bullpen, and they blow that game. Season's over. Right? No, apparently they're going to win game four. Garrett Cole is going to be an ace for the first time in a while. Huge DS for him. Buck up. Wandy Peralta, his third straight day appearing yesterday. Fourth straight game. He pitched in game one, two. He's been massive. Closes the Guardians out on seven pitches. He wants to pitch in game five. Most important part of that is there is a game five. It's tonight. We're going to be breaking down what to know about the Yanks, how nervous you should be, whether the weather is going to interfere with the game again and whether the plane is even here make sure to find us on apple podcast google podcast spotify uh, if you have not done that yet we're on all pod- podcast platforms we're also live on youtube at two o'clock eastern time mondays and thursdays go thomas carinate this season uh that we couldn't wait for them to face the astros in the alcs a couple days ago then when they blow game three, can't wait for it to end, but they won't die. They have their best game of the series in Cleveland on Sunday night. It's nerve-wracking from beginning to end. Josh Naylor rocks the baby to sleep, uh, but Garrett Cole wakes up after that for some reason, so I guess he's not the baby because he didn't sleep. What exactly are we living through right now? They did this all for you, man. Today's Adam's birthday, folks, um, and they the Yankees wanted to go game five. They wanted to go game five just for Adam. Um Win makes it that much better. Loss just drags you down even further. So, but I died on Saturday, so it's not yeah. like I'm not already dead. <laughs> Saturday, Saturday was a suicide day for sure. Um, that was I watched that game in its entirety. Um, I know you were working for that one, um, so doing the coverage for that is absolutely brutal. And you don't even know where you are when these things happen. And you know we're on shift, running the Twitter account, writing articles and whatnot. Um, it's really a hellish experience. Um, I cannot, 
you know, advise against it enough. If you're going to get into sports journalism, folks, if there's any aspiring yeah. sports writers, content creators, whatever out there, uh, cover a team you have no fucking allegiance to um, because you'll win a championship maybe like once as you're covering this thing and you'll get that enjoyment once. And then there's abject failure after abject failure every year in between. Um, so it's tough. But none of that said, we love our jobs. Don't don't we get do. us wrong. There's nothing um, more. It's like very rewarding to cover failure. But when you're covering your own team's failure, it's an absolute nightmare. Yeah, because you already know, like we sit here and we know we we already know what's going like if we're covering. Who for covering the Royals, you know, we're just doing investigative work. We're objectively viewing the situation and we're learning as we go. If you're covering a team you've watched for 20 something years, um, especially when that same regime has been intact for 20 something years. Um, and the same playoff failures have happened for the last 15 years, a better part of 15 years. Um, it's just frustrating, and it feels like you're being the annoying guy yelling into the void. Um, but this is the reality of the situation. Um, what are we doing? How are we feeling? So let's see. Um, game one was great, uh, pretty much the, the best kind of playoff game you could possibly have as a fan yes. of that team. Coast to coast, we talked about this on Thursday. Coast to coast. You weren't really stressing. It was close enough to be kind of action packed and like you were never really disengaged. Um, And then you have the momentum going into game two. Uh, You're kind of feeling good. Um, And then you have the offense go silent. You have to rely on the defense playing a perfect 10 innings. um, And you know that that's just not going to happen because you have IKF at shortstop who, um, complain about him all you want. We kind of, you watched the game last night, right? Oswaldo Cabrera was, was playing in game four, a necessary lineup switch that we believe is going to be um, a constant probably throughout this postseason uh, starting tonight. And then um, going into the ALCS should the Yankees win. Um, But the guy gets fucking five to eight balls rocketed at him every game. And he screws up one of them. And then that ends up being the, the, that ends up being the, the narrative around him. Oswaldo Cabrera, turned a couple of double plays last night and fielded one ground ball. So, I mean, God bless to him. He filled in at a position. He only played a couple of times at the big league level because now he's been asked to play the corner outfield spots and he's been doing absolute God's work out there. Um, But it's just funny how these things work out. Um, Defense is not perfect. Um, We have the issues with the, the dink and dunks. The, the guardians are finding every single hole in the shift or even when we're not shifting, um, we have left fielders playing um, at the warning track. I, I still don't understand the defensive alignments um, with this team. It's very confusing. But in the end, um, the defense lets the Yankees down because the offense doesn't produce um, after the first inning. Um, I think they got uh, – they didn't get a hit for they, – they only got one or two hits after that. The other others were walks on the uh, – on the base paths for that one. Um, so it was just very difficult to watch. They and actually I have the box score right here. Let me pull it up folks. Um, yeah. They ended up with six hits. Yeah. So, okay. So they got four hits after that. Cause they had two hits in the first inning. Um, but the two errors ended up being um, the disaster. Then you go to game three. You think you have a decent matchup. Luis Severino versus Tristan McKenzie. The guardians got 15 hits in this game. Yeah. He's got five. Obviously, you saw Seppi in the first two, right? Because, like, he showed up scattered and, yeah, yeah, gave up single, 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 two nothing immediately. Yeah. And um, uh, the Yankees get the Aaron Judge long ball. Um, They get the Oswaldo Cabrera long ball. Um, They get the Harrison Bader long ball, but they don't shrink together hits. They don't get enough runners on base to put pressure on the opposing pitching. and then, you know, we'll get into Boone's bullpen decisions uh, that that doomed us after holding a 5-3 lead going into the bottom of the ninth. Yes, um, so then you're trailing 2-1. You got Garrett Cole on the road. Uh, but kind of the same story last night, right? 4-2 victory. Very satisfying. Very good. But you need more than six hits. You get after Cal Quantrill early and rattle him. And then you let him settle in. You let him settle in and go four more innings. And he was more fit. And I'm not saying Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole, great fucking job, Garrett Cole. He was you better. Know, a lot of the shit, um, you know, that I've given him 
um, that Yankee fans in general have given him because of a lack of delivery in big moments. Um, you know, obviously we'd like to see more of this against non-Cleveland teams because a lot of his postseason track record with the Yankees has been dominating the the Guardians. Um, but Cal Quantrill was more efficient than Garrett Cole last night up until the fifth inning. Five innings, the Yankees allowed him to get skip. They, they made the pitching change because they didn't want Quantrill facing the Yankees lineup third time in a row. 66 pitches in five innings. Simply can't happen. So number three starter. The Yankees offense needs to be better than this. Um, so... Uh, not complaining about the 4-2 victory. It was great. You would like one of these to not be sweat city from start to finish, but they are because the offense isn't doing enough. It's putting pressure on the bullpen. It's putting more pressure on Aaron Boone to press the right buttons with the bullpen, which he's kind of hit or miss with. Um, and now here we are, series tied 2-2, game five. The I didn't know this until 10 minutes ago. The first elimination game at Yankee Stadium in 10 years. That is absolutely bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. Uh, and the one before that, the, the 2011 game five, the Yvonne Nova game, probably. I have no idea. I can't. Oh, no, I mean, it was, it was, sorry. In 2012, they won an elimination game five. They eliminated the Orioles. Yes, that was, that was cool. Um, but then the year before, yeah, they lost a horrible game five at home. Uh, and coming off a much better game four than this. This was like a tight butt game four, holding yeah. on on the road without a, without a closer. And we'll talk about the Clay Holmes uh, situation in a little bit where there were definitely at a point uh, in the late hours of Saturday night into Sunday morning where you're like, why would this team even want to fight? They, they, two people are hating Aaron Boone during the middle of a playoff series. But <laughs> they don't have a closer. Garrett Cole goes seven great innings yesterday. Holmes comes in for the eighth, does the job. Jose Ramirez bails him out by swinging at a slider that almost Ooh. hit him in the foot. Uh, and then Wani Peralta is the best. He probably should have just stayed in game three yep. after getting dinked and dunked by Miles Straw. And, uh, of course, Stephen Kwan. Again, we'll talk about that in a bit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the game don't, – don't get on your high horse. The the game four in, in 2011 at where they came back home for game five, they won that game like 10-1. Jesus Montero was knocking in runs. A.J. Burnett threw a brilliant game. And then he came home and Ivan Nova gave up two solo home runs in the first. So this crowd needs to believe in the Yankees, but they also need to show up big today. People have seen you know a huge home field advantage in San Diego, in Philadelphia in recent weeks. And the, the Phillies came home and – you can thank the crowd. You can thank the comfort. Thank whatever you want. Just bludgeon the world champions last year in pitching matchups that were favor. The first one was favorable. It was Aaron Nola against uh, yeah, some guy who got his buns kicked. But oh, Spencer Strider on a pitch count. But the next day it was Charlie Morton, postseason veteran against Noah Syndergaard for three innings and the bullpen. And the Phillies bullpen sucks. Phillies so bullpen. that's an even worse like. Cindergard for a couple and the Phillies bullpen for six is theoretically way worse than Jamison Tyone for four. And the Yankees bullpen, who Jonathan Lewisick is rested, Lou Trevino's rested, yeah. say what you will, Clay Holmes is rested, say what you will about Aaron Boone, who's made significant mistakes in this series. <laughs> Clark Schmidt's also rested, but at least he's got uh, his full. Domingo Herman is rested. Domingo Herman is rested. Miguel Castro hasn't appeared in this uh, series yet. I, I wouldn't have hated Miguel Castro with runners on the corners in the, in the ninth on. Uh, saturday night either i don't know why I, I needed some swing and misses i didn't need some uh telegraphed sliders to the outside part of the place <laughs> yeah. but who am i i'm not the manager uh yet yet could Mr. be manager. um but i mean this team the the two stats that were telling entering yesterday's game where like you said the offense still wasn't good enough garrett cole was spectacular and they win the game they win the same game as as they lost on saturday basically yeah but that Entering yesterday's game, they didn't have a traditional rally in this series, which yeah. say what you will about Homer reliant baseball. The team that out homers their opponent typically wins these series. Absolutely true. Need the long ball in October. No one could be watching these Yankee games and saying they don't hit the long ball enough because they hit uh, two in game one, won that, the massive Stanton shot. And if they just hit another, they would have won that too. Uh, and then game three, they hit two two-run shots and a solo shot. That should get it done. Yesterday, Harrison Bader, Jacks wanted two-run shot. Two runs on the board is better than one. We love it. We love it. We love it. That said, the leadoff Glaber single, stolen base Rizzo single, to start off game four was the first traditional rally of the series. That can't happen. Game one, they scored a run on a walk, stolen base error, and sack fly. Otherwise, homers. Other than that, all homers in games one, two, and three. Again, you could be homer-reliant, 
You just can't be exclusively home runs. You need to, like, if you could just put up a two or three run inning on a two run double and a ribby single, and then go to work, hit your bombs. Like, you just have to show the ability to do both. The rain out was so crucial. Yeah. We spent a lot of time being like, ah, you know, this team can persevere. All you have to do is win two or three of Nestor, Sevy, Cole. It doesn't matter when these games are played. You know, Yankee fans will wake up and start drinking at 11, all that stuff. The Yankees have won a, a couple of day games since 2004, but not many. <laughs> 410 local starts in San Diego. They won some of those in the 2020 ALDS. But since 2004, they are 3-12 and 12 in day playoff games. They have not won a game played earlier than 4 p.m. local since game four of the 2004 ALDS against the Twins. And guess what? That was in a dome. There was no sky in there. It looked like the night. They also won games three and four against Minnesota in Minnesota in the 2003 ALDS. Those were both early games. Those were also both, again, under a translucent roof sky. They literally do not win one o'clock playoff games. They literally do not win them. There's no, but what about, ooh, I remember. No, they don't win them ever. (laughs) So getting that one o'clock game, obviously the team now, this is breaking news, is different than the team from 2003 and 2006 and 2011. But no matter who it is, the Yankees do not get up for day games. So shocker of all shockers. They can't get the offense going after they get an early blow on the Stanton home run. They don't win that game. Makes Saturday all the more important. They actually jump McKenzie and start hitting his meatball fastballs out. They've got, uh, you know, you want to get a three-run lead at some point. This one stays two for an extremely long time. But after the Bader home run, I did think it was over. Uh, and then uh, it was not. And and let's talk a little bit about the, the game three stuff for now. Just yeah. before we move on to the preview. Um for all of the mistakes in this game and Isaiah Connor Falefa made egregious ones first inning. He, he falls on a baseball from Josh Naylor. That's hit not hard at all in the hole. Any shortstop can make that play, but it's just like that situation we've seen far too often in baseball, the exact opposite of like a hard hit ball up the middle and it cuts. And you're like, why is there a fielder there? It's like soft hit ball directly where a shortstop should be. Why is he on the ground? Why is the ball in the outfield? So there's one Isaiah Kiner Falefa run. Severino works out of trouble. In the sixth, he's now got a lead. Nobody on, two outs. IKF grounder in the hole. Tough play, but he's got to get the ball and throw. Instead, steps, double clutches, triple clutches, throws, late at first. And then, what do you know? Single, single. Sevy works out of trouble again, but there's two IKF runs. Bader homers gets the run right back. Everybody's celebrating, but again, a 5-3 game should be 5-1. And I had counted the Guardians out, not in the sixth when it was 4-3 and they were rallying, not even in the seventh, not even in the eighth, a little bit in the eighth when you're watching Wandy sort of deal. In the ninth, when he gets the first pop out, there's nobody on base one out. I'm like, I'm the most pessimistic fan there is. But they kept Wandy in. It was the right move. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I might have used, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not going to get into Captain Hindsight here. I didn't trust Clay Holmes in this game either. And I didn't trust Clay Holmes yesterday, no. and yeah. he proved me wrong. But I wanted Wandy in that game, and when he got the first pop out, did not see a path to the loss. When Miles Straw popped on to the left for the second out, that was the second out. That was the second out. When I watched him swing, the trajectory of the ball, where he hit it, that's two outs, nobody on base. For some reason, Oswaldo Cabrera is playing in the fucking stands, and he's <laughs> trying to run in from the left field seats over the giant wall, and he can't quite get there. Aaron Boone uses Aaron Hicks in game four, who was just as bad and yeah. jogged in on a Josh Donaldson diving pop-up catch try. But Aaron Hicks is on the roster. Why? If he can't get in for defense in the ninth of a five, three game, Oswaldo's already done his job at the plate, hit a huge two run shot. Hopefully he's not coming up again. No manager on earth is like it's five, three and only two outs left to go. But hopefully Oswaldo gets another at bat. No, hopefully he never sees the plate again. Cause hopefully the game <laughs> ends in the ninth <laughs> inning with a save. There is no good reason he should still be in that game for defense. We love Oswaldo Cabrera. He's not a left fielder. He made an equally bad play, if not worse, in game two, letting the Jose Ramirez pop-up drop. Josh Donaldson throws it away. Suddenly, he's on third. That was awful. This was this kept the Guardians in the game. Then Stephen Kwan gets a legit hit, but it's soft. 
It's another looper. It's a great job by Quan. Runners on the corners, one out, and he brings in, again, I would have been nervous about Holmes, but Schmidt was an insane decision here. Absolutely. He couldn't. I had three people text me, Schmidt, exclamation point, question mark, because you're just like, again, we don't know how to utilize Clark Schmidt. An asset utilized incorrectly time and time again, and it continues to screw this team over. So forget about bringing in Clark Schmidt, right? Forget about the defensive IKF issues. Let's just boil this down to bullpen decision-making from Aaron Boone, because this is where Aaron Boone needs to be near flawless. The Yankees are not going to hit, which is a postseason <laughs> tradition. Aaron Boone needs to be close to flawless. He's not going to be, but a lot of these decisions are laid out in front of you. So let's rewind. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Rewind to game one, right? 4-2 victory. Felt really good. Yankees went Garrett Cole, Clay Holmes, Wandy Peralta. Um, oh, no, I'm sorry. That was uh, that was game two. Um, Yankees went Garrett Cole, Jonathan Loisega, Wandy Peralta, Clay Holmes. Loisega threw 12 pitches. Wandy Peralta threw eight. And Clay Holmes threw 10. Mm-hmm. Cool, right? Cool. Next game, game two, they lose four to two. Cortez goes five innings. You have to probably yank him after that. Um, 92 pitches, and he was kind of iffy. Then you go to Lou Trevino. Two-thirds of an inning, 17 pitches. Pulled after two-thirds of an inning after he walks a batter. Why? Why? I just need to know why that's happening, because then you're going to Loisega again, where, again, you're playing four games in a row. Yeah. So you're going to Loisega in a game that's tied 2-2, you're in the sixth inning, and it is just not the time to use Jonathan Loisega yet. Lou Trevino did not pitch in game one. Enough bandwidth to um, to last another third of an inning or hell, maybe go into the seventh because that's how he's kind of been utilized this year. And you know, you know who's you know who's getting better the more he's used? Rubber arm Wandy Peralta. We love yeah. it. He threw game one, barely pitched, got the day off, went two, overused in three, is the closer in game four. Lou Trevino, when he comes in, he's had like 10 days, two weeks off. He comes in and he looks off a little bit every yeah. time he's come in in this series. And it's still Aaron Boone's ambition to be like, get him out of there. Okay, well then, do I trust him in game five? Yes, to yeah. He definitely does. Not really. It's a good point. That too, but like also, are you are you in that much trouble allowing a single base runner in the sixth inning? I don't really think so. I don't think that that's the time to start pressing the panic button. 
There was um, a great breakdown somebody did that I will pull up while you're talking of like the up. people Aaron Boone was scared for his top relievers to face in that game. Like the, yeah. the lanes he absolutely had to hit. Weird. Uh, and then you go Loisga for 15 pitches. So now he's not pitching in game three. You go Wani for 15 pitches. You put him in jeopardy of not pitching in game three. You go Clay home 16 pitches. He's been injured down the stretch, probably not pitching in game three, doesn't. And then you go to Tyone, and that's where the defense breaks down, and that's where Tyone got Tyone got hard hit in that um, inning on top of giving up, uh, you know, that uh, uh, a couple of those soft uh, – one of those soft hits there. So then you fast forward to game three. So what do you do? You have Luis Severino, who – credit to Luis Severino, bad old. Start of that game looked terrible. You thought, great, he's going three innings, and now we're fucked. He ends up going into the six, five and two-thirds, 106 pitches – Gets out of that inning again if IKF just makes the play and it's an entirely different ball game. Then you okay, then then great. You have to take Severino out because you find yourself in a situation where he's the pitch counts up, you got a runner on. What do you do? Lou Trevino. Lou Trevino's back. Hell yeah. One third of an inning, he finishes off that sixth, seven pitches, and doesn't come back in for the seventh. I don't understand it. You go Jonathan Lewisga, who Pitches the first two outs of the seventh, 15 pitches, and then you go to Peralta for one and two-thirds, and then you go to Clark Schmidt. So therein lies your problem. If you go Lou Trevino for another inning, you don't ever get to Clark Schmidt. Yeah. And there's no re- – Lou Trevino – And you don't get to Clay Holmes. You don't even have to have that conversation. You're not even sniffing this scenario, and you're looking at a situation where Lou Trevino has now thrown 24 pitches in two outings. And those 24 pitches have come across one in, uh, 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 one inning. So that's the, the usage there isn't, isn't absolutely great when you're averaging it out across um, however long. But it's not like he was used in multiple split innings. Or he pitched a full inning the other day and it was a taxing one. And then you have him in for this one in partial duty and you don't want to overwork him. There was no situation with overworking Lou Trevino. And to me, his misusage led to this problem down the road because if you're the Yankees, you cannot be staring at this 4-3 or 5-3 lead and think you're fine in the 8th and ninth. Like, that would be mental behavior. The Yankees are never safe in these situations. Even when their bullpen was top-notch in the postseason, they were never safe in these situations. So to yank these relievers before, you know, whatever, they don't look sharp. It's hard to be sharp coming out of the bullpen anyway. Most relievers have not looked great coming out of the bullpen with the exception of Wandy Peralta and Jonathan Lewisig has actually looked pretty good too. Um, but, you know, when he's not exactly locating, you're like, oh, shit, like first couple pitches are bad. What's going to happen? Like you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, It's hard to come in fresh for these games. It's hard to look atop your, you know, especially atop your game on the road with the crowd roaring and a base runner on. Like you got to give these guys more time. You got to use them a little bit more, especially when you're looking at a situation where it's four games in a row. You can't keep burning arms. And that's where the bullpen usage problem comes for me. You don't even get to Schmidt. You don't even have to worry about Clay Holmes if Lou Trevino can come out for the seventh inning. I can't believe, and I'm sorry, I got this confused. Uh, I, I I confused my bullpen meltdowns. The great tweet was from game game two. Uh, the the other the guy also it's yeah got to go to Mo the thought leader. He's I believe he's a writer for Old River Avenue Blues and maybe views from three and fourteen feet now. He, he called out Trevino for seven pitches and Loisica for 15 in that awful loss. But the, here are the people that these relievers were not allowed to face in the game that ended up with Jamison Tyone in the 10th. Trevino can't face Miles Straw. Loisica can't face Naylor and Owen Miller. Wandy can't face Austin Hedges and Miles Straw. And Holmes can only throw 15 pitches. That's what we're working with. And yeah, that's how we got to the point where you've got who's going to start the 10th inning in a 2-2 game. Tyone or... Uh, Clark Schmidt, who eventually comes in and blazes through them. And of course, uh, you know, not only does Boone make the wrong decision there and use Clark to clean up the the issue after Tyone, hey, make your first ever relief appearance in the extra innings of a tied game in game two of the playoffs. Oh, now here comes Clark Schmidt to clean up the mess. Now the Guardians have seen Clark Schmidt. So then Clark Schmidt's the move the very next day. And they're like, oh, it's this guy who keeps getting us out on breaking balls, you know, away and down and in either into a lefty or away to a righty. And Oscar Gonzalez is like, great, I'm going to sit on that and flip it. Um, I mean, no matter what you say, though, 
there were a million ways to not lose that game. If IKF is not the shortstop, they win that game, or at least they have an opportunity with a one-run lead and two outs in the ninth. Again, like Gonzalez singles, two-run score, and then it's yeah. five, four, first and second, two outs. Okay, great. Go get the next guy. Who knows if they do, but they, they have that chance. If IKF's playing short against Jose Ramirez in a situation where you want a double play, instead of playing the other side of second base, doing all he possibly can to stop a little looping pop-up that ends up being an infield single and loading the bases after Ahmed Rosario's single. Like the reason the bases were loaded for Naylor who struck out was because the defensive alignment made no sense. And the reason Oscar Gonzalez even got a chance to hit was because the defensive alignment made no sense. You, you put IKF at shortstop there. It's first and second one out for Ramirez who hits a little looper to short. IKF let it drop, get the fourth and second and try to get the double play or catch it. It's first and second, two outs and Josh Naylor on one foot who looked way more hobbled yeah. in game three than he did in game four strikes out against Schmidt. We're not even talking about this. That said use. I, I I'm not a fan of clay Holmes there too. It would make me nervous. How about you keep Wani Peralta in? How about you use Trevino for an extra inning and Loisaga for the next inning and then Peralta fresh in the ninth. How about you play your left fielder in a normal place? How about you put in a defensive replacement for the left fielder who's also a second baseman shortstop because you carried them on the roster. You have Aaron Hicks. You have Marwin Gonzalez. Cabrera's fast, but he's positioned wrong. I think those other guys would have been positioned right or maybe not. Maybe the Yankees just don't know how to position anyone. You really miss Andrew Benintendi there. You dreadfully miss Michael King in all these games. And that being said, right when we counted this stupid team out, they win game four. They play a brilliant game. Wadi Peralta says, I'm ready for every game. Start me all the time. And he's great in game four. One alternate scenario that I thought of looking at these matchups too. In game two, um, why don't you go Lucas Lickey in the 10th? He's on the roster. Where is he? So here's – and here's my logic for that, folks. You have Jose Ramirez leading off. So either way, you're losing the matchup battle with anybody. But he's weaker on the right side of the plate, so you probably yes, want to force is. him to the right side of the plate. Then he's you have hitting Oscar- like 500 in this series, and it's all pop-ups. It's yeah, ridiculous. It's crazy. Then you have Oscar Gonzalez coming up next. Okay, cool. You lose a matchup, but Oscar Gonzalez is a rookie. You should – a veteran pitcher – should probably win that matchup. And then you have Josh Naylor, a lefty, coming up third. Theoretically, right there, you're you're winning two out of three matchups, forcing Ramirez to the right side of the plate, and then you have lefty-lefty on Naylor. Um, and then you have rookie versus veteran in the second at-bat. So did I disagree with Tyone coming in there? Not entirely. I, You know, uh, if in theory, if he had to go two or three innings, if they didn't score, it would have looked genius in hindsight. But you haven't used Lucas Lickie yet. You haven't used them once. And you're probably not going to want to use them on the road because why are you going to use worse players on the road? Like he's one of your weaker relievers. Yes, it's, 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 it's obvious. It's understandable. Um, and you want to put him in a better position to succeed, which will probably be um, at Yankee Stadium. But now you've left – now you just – now it's game five where he's – and do you want him in an elimination game? I just don't know. Um, you know, then again, if he brings in Licky in that situation, people are pissed off. Someone's always going to be pissed off. That's that's the yeah. end of the story, and that's what it's going to be. But especially without Efros and Marinaccio and yeah. King, like in Chad Green, even although we're all bad whenever Chad Green yeah. into a close game, people are going to be mad. But Lucas Licky's hard hit percentile ranking on Stack S this year, hundredth percentile, not ninety nine, hundredth, the best yeah. in baseball in terms of limiting hard contact, ninety seventh percentile average exit velocity. Now clearly. Uh, hard hit limiters and exit velo guys are not a great match for the guardians anyway, because they win all these fucking games on 65 mile an hour singles or whatever. So I guess that's the argument that like Litke limits hard contact, but they're great at putting bat on ball. Anyway, he doesn't have that much swing and miss. And you know, why would you bring in a guy who induces soft contact when you could bring in Tyone? But if you need Litke tonight for the all hands on deck bullpen game, he has not pitched since, a long two time. weeks, two weeks ago. I mean, when's the last time we saw Lucas Litke? I, 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 I honestly don't know. And then, you know, you run the risk of, you want to talk about being efficient in the later innings too. Like Tyone gives up uh, Tyone's expected batting average and expected slugging is in the bottom percentile. And then you're bringing him up to face the heart of the guardians order. I don't know. I'm just looking at the numbers and I wasn't, I wasn't upset or confused with Tyone coming in, but now you, now we're three games ahead 
and you're wondering why Licky hasn't been used yet, and that was kind of a tailor made. And he can go multiple innings. He's been used all year to do two, three innings, and now you're not you're not leaning into that when you have it. I don't know. Anyway, uh, game four, hell of a game four. Let's get away from all this bad shit because we need the good energy going into tonight. Yankee Stadium needs to be rocking. Everybody needs to feel confident. I know it's hard to do that nowadays, um, but look. Yankees shouldn't have been to game five as, you know, Jack, uh, as Michael K said, or Jack Curry said, one of them said, if you get to game five, that's your problem. Clearly the Yankees problem. The Yankees did this to themselves. Um, it was a combination of Aaron Boone. It was a combination of the offense. Um, so there's no one singular person to blame, but this is what you get home field advantage for. This is what you win the division for. This is what you win 99 games for. So you have the better starting matchup. It's Jamison Tyone who led the league in starts of, uh, I think it was six innings and three, essentially quality starts, six innings and three runs or less, um, led the entire league in those efficient outings. Going up against Aaron Savali, 4.92 ERA on the year. He hasn't pitched since October 5th. So this is not going to be a pitching problem tonight. This is going to be an offense problem tonight. Mm -hmm. So the Yankees offense just needs to come, need to come locked in, but it all would not have been possible if not for Garrett Cole, seven innings, 110 pitches, 110th pitch, uh, strikeout to end the seventh, 98 miles an hour, roars off the mound. Um, and I got to give props to Cole because, again, um, he's a, he was a victim of, you know, bullshit dopey hits. Um, and then you have the Naylor situation where Josh Naylor hits a home run in the fourth inning to cut the deficit to three to two. Unbelievable. And – I'm not even going to rant about this, but if I have one more person say that this is about limiting emotional uh, celebrations or, you know, limiting people expressing themselves on the field, you're an idiot because there are a million ways to do that. Um, Nobody here wants that. Everybody loves bat flips. Everybody loves shit talking. Um, This was a fourth inning home run. Um, It did not give the guardians the lead. Um, it was one of the most excessive try-hard celebrations I've ever seen. Um, I understand the stakes are high. It's a home playoff game. The crowd's pretty amped after that. Um, but this was a celebration from start to finish. Throw the bat, rocking, violently rocking a baby motion from first to third, and then screaming, my little fucking son, as you round third base, and then scream it again when you cross home plate. Um, it's just Bush League. Uh, and uh, it's it, there. there is... There's a time and place for these things, obviously. Um, and, you know, celebrations, no one's looking down upon celebrating. Josh Naylor should be celebrating in that situation. But um, to not give your team the lead for more than – for 60% of the game to still have to be completed before anything happens um, and for you to have 36 career home runs, apparently this little fucking son narrative was birthed from uh, – Josh Naylor deciding he was going to call opposing pitchers that after he hit home runs against them. That's what Tristan McKenzie told uh, MLB.com's Mandy Bell uh, earlier uh, this month. Um, Josh Naylor has 36 career home runs. I don't think he's in any place to call anybody his son. Um, This is about reputation establishment, track record, um, overall MLB resume, uh, and Josh Naylor does not have that. Yes, he hit a home run and a double off Cole in the wild card series in 2020. That was, again, a series the Guardians lost. They did not win that despite Josh Naylor's most valiant efforts to help his team score runs. Didn't win a game, um, actually. What? Didn't win a game, actually. Didn't win a single game, yes. Um, so just, A, it was odd behavior, but more importantly, uh, Garrett Cole kind of throwing shade at that in the postgame was hilarious. He said it was whatever and cute and that he wasn't paying attention to it. And that's what I need from Garrett Cole. I need Garrett Cole to not pay attention to the little things that – are going to ruffle his feathers or maybe throw him off course. A solo home run in the fourth inning. No Yankee fan was upset. I like I usually I'm sitting there and I'm like, great, fucking Garrett Cole did it again. Yeah, Garrett Cole was largely pitching well. I don't know why he threw the same pitch twice after Naylor had creamed the first one uh, down the line. That would have been a home run if it was fair. Um, so that was a little bit puzzling, but you still weren't entirely nervous or shook or concerned about the direction of Cole's outing at that point. And um, I think it was really important for him to kind of tune out the noise there, get through the inning. And then he allowed one base runner in the remaining three innings that he pitched. So um, I just want to give credit to Garrett Cole there because that if I was on the mound, I would have been so pissed if I had to watch and hear that. 
Um, I don't know if it would have rattled me, but it certainly would have been in my head to an extent. Garrett Cole tuned it out. He dominated for the next three innings. Yankees get the win. Beautiful stuff. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Yeah, I don't know if it woke Cole up or just locked him in, but he was incredible after that. There's even, you know, line drive into the gap by Jimenez. Cole's getting tired, hanging curveball. He smacks it. Bader drops it. He gets a second. He's almost out at second. I still don't really know how he wasn't. He wasn't. He was safe. But it's like the throw beat him. The tag beat him. He's safe. What are we doing here? That's when it can spiral. Arias is on deck, who was killing the Yankees in game three. Who is this guy? Another, he's not even a first baseman. He made a brilliant play yesterday. Ramirez made a brilliant diving play at third, too. The Guardians were all over the place, and there was definitely a time yesterday where I was just like, well, they're better. I mean, they right now, they're better. Everyone's saying the Yankees are the better team is not watching this series. Um, you know, the Yankees have had bad luck. Glaber rips that ball right at Ramirez. He makes a diving play, turns it into a double play instead of a ribby single. Like, yep. yeah, bad luck for sure. But at that point in the game... As late as the fifth or sixth, I would say the Guardians are the better team, better bullpen, better offensive game plan, better plan of attack, better at working pitchers. And this is when the offense is turtling at the maximum point, when you're like, well, they're not getting anybody on base, so they have to win this game 3-2, and they probably won't. Luckily, they eke another run out of there. I don't know how dead these balls are, but that Giancarlo Stanton liner, I didn't think it was getting out. I was hitting the wall. I still don't know know how it didn't. And then the Bader home run is like 35 rows deep. And and that one, I was like, I didn't know if he got it off the bat. I thought maybe that's a deep fly ball that could hit the wall and it's like 30 rows back. So I I don't know what's going on. Even the judge fly ball to dead center. It's like, how is that 440 feet out to dead center? Um, Yeah, folks, I just don't know. But Garrett Cole was incredible. Uh, Josh Naylor could do whatever he wants. He could rock the baby, although it is pretty embarrassing. You know, I don't. Uh, if you're a fan of that team, of course you love it, but, and this will come as no shocker. It had almost universal approval rating from non-Yankee fans. Everyone who's not a Yankee fan. Of course. Everyone who's not a Yankee fan was like, let him have some fun. This game's fun. What are you talking about? Yeah. Like it, it, we really, really need to cross our fingers and hope that's the case. But like everybody. And of course it did not help us. that We had Ben Verlander on our side who was like, wow, that's a little wild, like pretty disrespectful because that guy's a huge nerd. So everyone's going to pile on him. But think about a Yankee doing that. Just think about Giancarlo Stanton rocking a baby around the bases. Aaron Judge calling calling, uh, uh, Nick Pavetta his little fucking son. Like, imagine any Yankee doing that in a game they were trailing in the middle of the fourth inning. Just imagine it. And think about it. You're certainly not getting a bunch of people saying the Yankees have their right to celebrate. No No chance. Not at all. Absolutely not. 
So again, it's okay. Josh Taylor could do what he wants. He actually did have to wear this one because they did not win the baseball game. I assume that they would, and we'd never have to hear about this being bad ever again. We'd only have to hear about how this was awesome and good for the game. But for now, he's holding the L. That's great. We're going into game five. Also, a special shout-out to Harrison Bader, though, who was picked up primarily for his defense and was thought of as like a spark plug type character who could get a big hit, who could choke up, lie in the ball in a left center with runners on second and third, two outs or something. And that's great. Valuable player. In this series, he took a weird route on the Naylor line drive double in game two. Uh, he bobbled the ball defensively yesterday. His defense, he's taken some good routes over the course of this series, hasn't made a spectacular play yet. He's got three home runs in four games. He can hit more than people let on. He's Five for seven after last night, I believe, against Cal Quantrill with three career home runs, including in game one and last night. If Harrison Bader's going to hit three home runs out of four, that's uh, very throwback Yankees. That is very Yankees of old. Um, and that's a shame that they were not able to win this series in four. I picked Yankees in five before the series started. Then when they lost game two, I maintained that prediction. Uh, when they lost game three, I flipped the other way and I said, Guardians in four. There's no coming back from this. And now, of course, we have an opportunity for Yankees in five all along. Yeah, and uh, another advan- slight advantage the Yankees have is um, they're no stranger to these late inning collapses, walk-off losses. They have the most in Major League Baseball this year. They get walked but, off on the road constantly. Yeah, so they are... You know, that's why I didn't that's why I, I, I didn't say I didn't think the series was over after game three um, solely because of that reason. I'm like, we've been here before. They they it's not like they've never experienced this and they don't know how to rebound. Obviously, yeah, I think they have some resiliency issues. I think that, um, you know, before Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton, before Aaron Judge's infield single last night and before Giancarlo Stanton's sack fly, they were two for 25 with 13 strikeouts in this series. You know, this team has a performance problem when the lights are bright. And, you know, you we can talk about Giancarlo Stanton's 2020 ALDS. It's great. There were no fans in the stands. We could talk about his wild card performance against the Red Sox. He dominates the Red Sox, and they lost that game. Yeah. So, you know, there's – there's and it, things could change if this team wakes up tonight and goes to the ALCS and, and it's all different. But, like, stop standing all these players and being like, oh, this is my guy. He performs every time he's asked. It's like – not everybody does that. Nobody is consistently good. Very few players are consistently good in the postseason, and not one, not one performance is going to change the narrative on anybody. Like Giancarlo Stanton is a streaky player. It's it's very well known. He since even even during his Miami days, he hit in streaks. He's with the Yankees now. A lot of injuries have categorized or kind of characterized his entire tenure here. Um, and him not hitting right now is a big problem. And yes, you can we can talk about yeah, he homered in game two, and that was great. But then nothing else happened after that, mm-hmm. and then nothing else happened in game three, and then not, and then you know we had we should have scored more runs in game four, but didn't. So this team, this team that is built to step on opponents' throats with their magnificent offense and and lineup that is complete. And I, look, it's dealing with problems right now. There's no DJ Lemayhew. Um, uh, Aaron Hicks has been historically bad and was not the player that you know, many people thought would be lengthening this lineup. Yeah. Um, we uh, Some were hoping Matt Carpenter would probably get some starter reps in the series, but I don't think that that's going to happen at this kinda point. Kind of crazy, kind of crazy he hasn't at all, though. I, yeah. I expected him to pinch hit for Trevino yesterday at some point, and yeah. then he goes behind the plate. But if they do that, then Trevino doesn't frame job Rosario and yeah. we'll probably still play in the eighth inning. Tremendous. Um yeah, I mean, Benintendi's not not on the team right now. Um, Josh Donaldson has been really bad, really just bad. Um, he's hard to watch. I know we got a hit and score to run last night, but like every other at-bat is completely agonizing. It's he so- had one of my favorite at-bats of the series yesterday where with the runner on second after they cashed in on the Stanton sack fly and oh, Rizzo yeah. still standing on second, he struck out on like a hanging 83-mile-an-hour changeup, swung and ass. Has- yeah. And yeah, it turns to the umpire to do the whole like was that was that in zone? Was I good? Was that was I good on that one? Like what, who cares? What, what do you what, what do you want the umpire to tell you? Like Exactly. And acted like it was some like, you know, knee buckling fucking 93 mile an hour slider. It oh, was, he loves to buckle his knees. It's his favorite thing. Like that that get low stance like the yeah. white guy version of the Juan Soto shuffle from the right side of the plate. 
and more often than not, it's like an 86 mile an hour hanging slider that he's just like, all right, all right, bet. I see you. Good game. Yeah. Good pitch. Yeah, it's just and that though and that he's not providing he hasn't been well he he works the count and then he stares at strike three when it's you know three two and that's the problem like we're not getting the full spectrum of what these hitters should theoretically be offering and you know you look back on game three and yeah they scored five runs but hitters one through six were one for twenty three with eight strikeouts and two walks that I, that's and it, it was Aaron Judge's two run homer that is absolutely crazy to do that. One for 23 hitters, one through six. Abso- and you put up five runs. So theoretically, if you maybe get two or three more hits and go four for 23, which is still really shitty, maybe you get a couple more runs out of that and it's a different game. So it's it's just exhausting to talk about this and to go on and on. But nonetheless, they got the job done in game four. Game five just has to be different. Game five absolutely needs to be different. Um, They need to get after the bad pitcher that they're facing early. Tyone needs early run support so he can settle in and give this team maybe four innings so we can avoid burning more of the bullpen because we know that entire unit is exhausted. Um, It's probably not going to happen because the way we look at these things and the way we want them drawn up doesn't. Um, But it's, it's in the Yankees' hands now. They have the matchup they need. They have the depth in the rotation that they've craved for a long time and the luxury of trotting Jamison Tyone out there for a game five when the the Guardians have a guy who made 20 starts this year and wasn't even really that great and also who hasn't pitched again in 12 days. It's there for the taking. The thing that's weird about the Jamison Tyone start is that I think a lot of people are already being like, all right, it's a bullpen game. So Tyone for three, Herman for one, Cortez for one. Tyone is a really good starter. Uh, he could go he, six. He could go He'll six. Eighteen pitches on. He, could, on he could have a start. He could make a start tonight. Maybe yeah. not. And you got to pull him at the first sign of trouble. It's a game five. Uh, like no one would be shocked if he's throws two great innings, puts runners on the corners with one out in the third, and is gone. Yeah. That said, he is a starter and could just if he's great through five and it's five nothing Yankees, he's pitching the sixth. We don't need to go to the middle innings bullpen guys because Tyone is some sort of short relief liability starter. Of course, you pull him at the first sign of trouble, though. But it's not like he can't do that. He won on one foot in a shortened start against the Rays last year. He also won the biggest game of the season against the Rays this year, when if the Yankees lost it, they would have borderline been tied, clearly heading for a sweep in Mm -hmm. September, and he was gutting it out and brilliant. Aaron Savali, the Guardian starter tonight, 0-2 against the Yankees this year. Nine innings, 12 hits, 10 runs, 10 earned, three homers, three walks, nine strikeouts. 10 ERA, 0-2 with a 10 ERA. If they don't get to him, this is the biggest playoff offensive failure in years. In a decade? Yeah. In a decade. Now, will they? His last three starts were all good. The, The ones from 12, 17, and 24 days ago uh, against bad teams. Uh, he dominated the uh, the Texas Rangers and he dominated the Royals and he got his five ERA under five to four nine two and he was worth negative point eight WAR this year. Um, he was dreadful all year long. Put up a couple good starts against some checked out bad teams at the end of the year. Everyone we've seen come in from the Guardians bullpen so far though has been incredible. Great. Eli Morgan is dominating people. Really good. I don't know who Chad Morris is. But once he came in yesterday, the Yankees had no chance. Uh, and I saw Guardians Twitter blowing up like, oh, yeah, bullpen Chad Morris. Okay, great. Guess I don't know who that is. But he was fantastic. Um, Zach Plesak, who I thought was maybe going to start this game, who I also thought maybe had a broken thumb from punching the mound. He was great. Uh, the Guardians have, have shut the Yankees down no matter who they brought in. And they have Trevor Steffen and Emmanuel Classe and James Karinczak all fresh for this one. Yeah. Karinczak. Wasn't good in game two. The Yankees get a little bit lucky in the video that might haunt me forever is Karen check loading the bases with an IKF walk. They bring in class a gets ahead of Higashioka. Oh, and two very quickly because he's disgusting. And then Higgy rockets one into the hole directly at Jose Ramirez. That game could have been over in the most dramatic and interesting way possible. Instead we go down fecklessly. We never score again. The guardians win in extras. 
That bullpen is scary. Karen Jack's last Yankee Stadium outing was terrible. He did have sticky stuff on his neck in game one. Uh, and I did have somebody go, where? Show me. And then I showed it to them. And they were like, oh, well, actually, never mind. Sorry. Thanks for showing it to me. <laughs> um, he's the one of those three I have the most faith they can get to. Stefan's occasionally good for a solo homer. Uh, but, you know, obviously is a very good reliever. You can't say that, like, uh, you know, the Yankees should have protected him and Garrett Whitlock. But they'd certainly both be helping the team right now if they had done that. Uh, his 1.178 whip had a 1.405 whip last year, uh, surrendered 15 homers in 63 and a third innings last year, and just three in 63 and two thirds innings this year. It's not like there's a long track record of Trevor Steffen being dominant. It's just this season. So these guys, I mean, class A is the best closer in baseball. The Yankees got to him once already this year, which is strange and bizarre. And I think it's probably your quota for getting the class A Steffen one year. And James Karinchak was demoted to AAA last year before he refound Jesus and also sticky stuff and had no control in game two. So I think you want to get on Savali early. You want to bash him. Then you want to have a four or five run lead at some point when they, they're going to turn over to those guys no matter what the score is. You hope you have a lead when they do it. And you hope that Karinchak is the one who's off. Yeah, he. I mean, he is the most kind of volatile one, uh, 4.8 walks per nine innings. That's that's the guy you want to force them to bring in. And that's like you just said, that's the importance of getting after Savali early. The Guardians have their best guys rested for this game. It so ended up rested. Just, yeah, it ended up simply working out for them based on how the dominoes fell over these last two nights. Um, and the Yankees need to navigate that. The Yankees are in the opposite scenario. They have a starter who's capable of giving you a quality outing, um, but the bullpen arms that they absolutely need to deliver are a little bit taxed. Now, I think Wandy Peralta can go. Um, Jonathan Luizga should be fine. Trevino's fine, but you'd want Clay Holmes, and you probably wouldn't want Wandy Peralta um, uh, under the, the duress he's been under Saturday and, and Sunday. Um, so this is where this is the aspect of the game where the Yankees need to capitalize. It's it's right there. There's there is no game plan to be had here. The game plan is hit the strikes hard, which is what we've heard for a while now. That's our um, if you get the strikes or walk the balls and have fun trotting the bases um, and deliver hits when you need them. Last night was great. Look at look at how different this Yankees team is when they force um, the opposing pitcher to deal with runner on the runners on the base paths. And when they score first, when they score first, it is a completely different game. It is a completely different game. And I don't know why that is. Obviously, I I do know partially why that is. Scoring first relieves the pressure. But even so, going down first, your team should not be absolutely fucking dead like they are sometimes. Like, there is no reason for the offense to go completely silent when they go down to nothing um, or – uh, and they haven't in the series. Thankfully, they went up. They and then they, or they they went up and then they went down and they tied it and then they blew the lead and they weren't able to come back um, uh, super late in those those couple of losses. But um, this team has to punch first. It's a completely different vibe when they do, and they have to keep the train rolling because now in these two instances they've gotten after the Guardians very quickly um, in this series, and then they let the starters settle right back in. Um, and you cannot, I don't even know if Savali is capable of settling back in, um, haven't seen really him pitch this year. Um, but he should be a guy that, you know, you score two, three runs off him in the first, first or second inning. And then Terry Franco is going to the bullpen because he can't afford any more damage than that. Tax their bullpen early, get your guys to throw multi-inning appearances, um, and limit the damage while you can. I'm not saying you're not going to shut out the guardians. It's not going to happen. Their bait, their brand of baseball, they're they're fucking they're so fast. Yeah. They beat out every ground ball. They pressured the throw. Um, it, it's real. It's it's a good baseball team. Um, I don't think anybody like they sent up that tweet a couple of days ago about like that was annoying as hell. But people yeah. hating their brand a bit. Like who? What? Where was the greater conversation of people criticizing their brand of baseball? Like yeah, over time it gets frustrating when they're fucking dunking shots into in between the third baseman and left fielder and the ball's rolling into the you know the corner by by the tarp. But like. No one's saying, oh, this team's bullshit. It's like, no, it's a good baseball team. They play good defense. They're smart. They take the extra base. They put the ball in play. Like, 
this is reminiscent of the Royals to me in 2015 and 2016 or 2014 and 2015 with better pitching with better pitching. And I think that was a great team. That was a team. A lot of people enjoyed watching in my opinion. Um, so again, another narrative where like, you know, we're just creating this us against the world bullshit. It's like, that's a Boston thing. Let Boston do that. Cleveland, you guys, you guys already have your own problems of not winning and blowing this and blowing that and having, you know, sports depression spanning a century. It's not you against the world, never was, never will be. And this is just the start for you, no matter how far you go. Exactly. This team's going to be around for a while. Uh, How far they go, I don't know. Hopefully it ends tonight, but I have no idea. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think the Yankees in a best, yeah, in a dream situation, they beat up on the starter early and they're up five or four runs the whole game. I know that dream scenario is not going to manifest itself. I just ask that you compete, that you punch back, uh, Tyone is not Garrett Cole. I don't think you can count on him to absolutely silence the Guardians, keep runs off the board. You're going to have to score. And thank goodness this is at home because I'm tired of that Cleveland crowd. I'm tired of the Deshaun Watson jerseys. I don't yeah. know if you noticed, they showed the same guy with a beard and a jacket like at least twice per game in the Rays series too. Like He's got great tickets, him and his mom, whoever he is. But I've seen him nine times. I'm sick of seeing him. Uh, I, Oscar Gonzalez got a curve in the other batter's box from Garrett Cole yesterday, and he struck out. I'm sick of seeing Oscar Gonzalez. Uh, like I'm, I'm sick of all of this stuff. Um, especially because I know if you bury one away to him, he's gonna swing and miss, and Clark Schmidt couldn't do it. And uh, yeah, it just feels bad. Um, but yeah, now we're at home. We love being there. Uh, hopefully, we love being there. It'd be great. Um, I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm semi ready. I'm somewhat ready. I could be more ready. I don't know. Are the Yankees in New York? Did the plane land? Are we sure? Are they in, are they in New York right now? Uh, somebody said that, uh, there's like a source 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 said the Yankees were still on the ground in Cleveland this morning. Then a bunch of people said it was the friends and family plane. Uh, can we get official confirmation on that? Cause uh, I would like Dick Vitale said it's not true. Or he said, tell me it's not true. That's what Dick Vitale said. Oh, no, I'm sorry. This is another tweet. He's talking about booing Aaron Judge. (laughs) Please. Come on. Oh, tell me it's not true. I mean, if the Yankees' last home game was Judge getting booed, that would have been horrific. You guys have a golden opportunity to not boo Aaron Judge tonight. You shouldn't do it. That said, it was like a bunch of drunk lunatics. Like, how many people do you actually think were booing Aaron Judge? Or were, do you think they, they were, were booing the or watching the MVP go down four times in one game? Even Aaron Judge was like, I got to play better. Like, whenever the Yankee fans boo someone, people act like 18 people are Yankee fans. People also act like booing is some unconscionable act. Yeah, it's and crazy. Bob Costas was like, he kept bringing it up on the broadcast on Saturday. Like, Judge, the last time he was at home, was booed. The fans, let him hear it. They let him hear it loud. What Aaron, is this? Oh, boy. What's this? Oh boy, and Aaron, he certainly heard it. With his ears, with his reaction, with his eyes, with his thoughts. You could tell he heard the boos. But then even Costas, at some point during that game, said like, there's a fat slider to judge, and he missed it. Like, you could just say he swung and missed, man. You don't need to be like, oh, huge missed opportunity. That Like, that's the same as booing to me. And it's in fact worse, because you're the announcer, not a drunk idiot. Oh, boy. Lineup is out for game five, folks. Glaber, Judge, Rizzo, Stanton, Donaldson, Oswaldo, Bader, Trevino, Hicks in left field starting at Yankee Stadium. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. After that play last night, I mean, I know we got the ball in quickly, but that was just bad. Ah, man. And IKF's also been good at the plate. Like, I would have done – I would have been fine with maybe we we sit Donaldson. I don't know how Matt Carpenter – Donaldson should sit. Donaldson should sit. IKF at third, Cabrera at short. Matt Carpenter in left. Stanton in left. I mean, Stanton in left is the obvious move, but they won't do it. Carpenter is obviously a defensive player. Stanton in left, Carpenter DH is so obvious, but they're not going to do it. For whatever reason, why can't he play the field? It's been months. We can't try. We can't try. He hits better. Yeah. Whatever. This lineup won the game last night, so can't complain. That's the lineup. This is do or die, folks. It's it. So maybe the last time you ever see us. Yeah, we might not do the show on Thursday. 
Uh, or we might do it live tonight after the game. You just don't know. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review. Drop us a mailbag question. Interact with us in the comments. We love seeing you on YouTube live. Mondays and Thursdays, 2 o'clock Eastern time. We love seeing you online. We love seeing Dark Bader do his job. I can't believe he's been better than Jordan Montgomery, who's on his couch. But he has been. We love our fans. We love our listeners. We love everybody who interacts with us. We, we wouldn't do this without you guys. We're going to be very active for tonight's very nerve-wracking game, which might be rain-delayed again. Who knows? Uh, but they will play tonight. They are not bumping this to tomorrow. Famous last words, but we shall see. Until next time, I'm Adam Weinerb. You can find me on Twitter, at Adam Weinerb. Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you? I'm at Tommy's underscore takes. Uh, we're also on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. Uh, a lot of readers on YanksGoYard.com. Appreciate you. Uh, would love for more of you to come by. Tell your friends, tell your family, uh, tell your angry uncle who hates uh, all. Who does he probably hate? The uncle hates Aaron Hicks for sure. Hates IKF. Um, you know, the usual guys who, who, uh, he hates Gary Sanchez, but Gary Sanchez isn't here anymore, but yeah, spread the word. Um, a lot of people coming over to the site. We got a lot of content up there for you. A lot of playoff stuff, in-game stuff, analysis, post-game, you know, looking ahead to the, po- uh, to the off season, whatever it may be. Um, Godspeed folks, game five, do or die. This is it. When you go face the Astros on Tuesday, lose. And I don't know what comes next. I don't know if we're ready for that discussion yet because we have to live in the moment right now and not be pessimistic. But we're not even going to think about that. We're just going to we're going to hope for the win. It's, it's right. It's right there. It's right in front of us. It's right in front of us. Yeah, I have no predictions. Let's watch some baseball. And as always, let's go Yankees.